Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. All right, welcome to a new CUSA edition of the Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for a group of five football. Joe Lonergan and Eric Henry here with you as always, ready to uh, talk to another special guest that we got for you guys today, another head coach from within Conference USA. Mike McIntyre of the FIU Panthers is going to join us in a second. Uh, but first, Eric, how are you doing today, bud? Doing all right, man. Cannot complain. You know, I know that's my, my normal uh, open, but... Come on, man. You know, I've, I've got some feedback on saying, oh, you're always saying you cannot complain. Well, it's, it's not, not too much to you know, complain about in life outside of, you know, gas prices get a little bit steep down here and it's summer and I would like to road trip. But outside of that, you know, hey, I, I got no control at it either. So I can't complain. Well, I'd be worried if you jumped on and we're just like, <sighs> like here is cigarette lighting faintly, like, let me friggin' tell you, man. Oh, my God. Like, I'd right? be like, oh, <laughs> this is the gritty reboot of Eric Henry. Okay. Like, oh, it's, it's going to be that kind of podcast, huh? <laughs> uh, no, but, um, you know, speaking of, of, you know, happy chipper people, uh, Mike McIntyre definitely fits that mold and um, was a great conversation with him. Talked a lot about, you know, transfer portal, talked a lot about, you know, how he's preparing his program for uh, 2022 and beyond uh, and uh, dove a little bit into, you know, his relationship with uh, Tyrese Chambers, which was uh, super interesting. And um, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, here's our conversation with uh, FIU head football coach Mike McIntyre. All right. Well, as we said in the introduction, we got uh, head coach of the FIU football program, Mike McIntyre on and uh, coach, thank you so much for uh, again for making time for us this morning. Yeah, I'm excited about being on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Eric, so if you want to bat leadoff, um, once again, I know you're not used to batting leadoff on uh, the question side, but if you have a few for uh, Coach McIntyre, take it away. Yeah, we're flipping the role around, but of course, you know, in covering FIU for SB Nation, Underdog Dynasty, I, I get a chance to talk to Coach Mack a little more than everyone else. So I'll jump in first, make it quick, and then, you know, open up, Coach, for uh, your line of questioning in our general Conference USA audience. Coach? want to, you know, kind of piggyback off some of the things we've talked about from, you know, really your introduction and going through the spring. And I, I know it's been tough. You know, you, you get the job and you're, you're a million things you're trying to assess. And I've probably asked you this question four or five times, trying to get a read on, on your thoughts on the talent on your roster. Now that you've gone through the spring and, and you've had a, a full spring practice and you talk about being able to have enough bodies, you know, in terms of getting some kids in from walk-ons and transfers, et cetera, to kind of fill out and practice the way you guys would like to practice. And now, of course, you're looking forward to the fall and bringing in the high school kids, et cetera. Do you believe, Coach, just, just from what you've seen, that there's enough talent on this roster to be competitive? I'm not saying, you know, you're going to go out and make a bowl game or go undefeated, but it, it, do you believe, just from what you've seen in the spring, there's enough talent, talent on this roster to be competitive day one? Uh, yes, I do believe there's enough talent here to be um, competitive on day one. Um, you know, a lot of it's young. Um, um, of course, but I definitely there's enough talent there. The the um, I tell you the the competitive spirit, um, the attitude, um, 
the willpower of these young men has, has been very impressive to me um, and, and exciting their work ethic. So I think that there's definitely enough talent, and I think that they have their minds going in the right way um, to, to be able to achieve what they what we're trying to achieve. And, of course, this summer, like all coaches say, is going to be big, but this summer is really big to us um, uh, in a lot of different aspects. And the, and the new rule, a couple of the new rules, I think, are going to help us um, um, be able to be a little bit more uh, prepared than we would have been um, with the past rules. So uh, I think that's that's going to give us a, a, a little bit of a jolt. Well, that's actually a great segue into my next question. You talk about some of the rule changes, and one was just announced as we're taping this on May 19th, just announced yesterday, Coach, that teams at least right. for the next two years are – they're not going to have an, an issue getting up to that 85-man scholarship limit. And, you know, you and I have talked about it. You were, right. you know, an emphasis for, for you and your program. How exciting is that for you, Coach, to know no ifs, ands, or buts, we're going to be at 85 scholarships on day one? Yeah, it's, it's really big for us. It's uh, given us an opportunity here. Uh, you know, there's there have been young men that we've been talking to throughout the summer that um, if this was going to happen, um, there would be some advantages for us to be able to, to bring some more people into our program and help us. Um, so I, I'm very excited about that. Um, the new rule also they put in this year where with our eight hours in the summer that you're able to work out and that are mandatory, you used to could have two hours of it if you wanted to to just have meetings. Well, now you can actually go on the field with them and actually do what I would call like kind of like OTA days like they do in the, in, in the NFL with just a ball and, and no helmet. So that enables us to, to you know, be able to install more, do more, um, be able to see our kids more, work with them more, which I think is a, a big advantage, especially for a, uh, a first-year program. I think it's a, a real a excellent um, help. You know, like in the NFL, they, they add, I think, an extra mini camp for new coaches, and this is kind of – they didn't do that for new coaches, but it's kind of like that for us, all the new coaches. It's kind of like an extra, you know, extra opportunities for you to get on the field where you couldn't in the past in the summer. So I think that helps accelerate your learning experience and your um, ability to teach and, and kind of be able to also see where you want to put certain players. You know, if, a, if you, have, you have DBs as one a corner, one a safety, can one be a nickel, you can kind of see some of their athletic ability doing that same way at, at different positions. So, um, I'm excited about those two opportunities. I do think they give us a better advantage than it would have been last year if you would have taken the job because you wouldn't have had those two rules and it would have been, been a lot tougher. Coach, you're the sixth head coach that we've had, or sixth Conference USA head coach, I should say, that we've had on, on the podcast this offseason. And we've asked this question to all of them. Definitely want to want to get your thoughts. In terms of the can you give me all can you give me all their answers first before I go? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Let me shoot. You know, we'll just hey, this, coach, this is recorded. We'll splice that back in. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, um, uh, we've asked all of them about the, the transfer portal and and really the challenges that it presents at the group of five level, right? In terms of you know, power five having to re-recruit your own kids so they don't go to power five programs. You obviously did a great job of that with Tyrese Chambers, bringing back one of the best players from last year. Just wanted to get your general thoughts on the transfer portal and, and how challenging it is at, at this level um, with, you know, some of the other obstacles that, that the portal presents and, and, you know, players really having kind of the opportunity to go elsewhere at the drop of a hat. Yes. You know, the transfer portal, there, there's a lot of good things in it for the um, athletes. Um, there's no doubt, but there's also a lot of, um, uh, bad opportunities so you know the 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 the, you know, the old saying that it's the uh 
pasture's not always greener on the other side. I think you're seeing that happen now. I think as the course of this transfer portal runs for a while, there's a lot of young men that decide to go in the portal at different schools and they don't get scholarships or they don't get what they were thinking they were going to get. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting on that side of it. I think on the other side of managing a roster, um, it's very comparable to when I was in the NFL. Um, a lot of that, but it's even harder because there's only a you know free agency and people have contracts they can't break and different things like that. So the managing of your of your roster uh, is a lot harder um, to do that. Also, you also have a chance on the other side of that of changing your team a little bit um, quicker than you would of just signing high school and working that way. Um, I'm not saying that's better for college football but it enables you to be able to do that free agency type thing we're talking about a little bit you hear thrown out there. Um, so there's pros and cons in that also. But I think it, you really have to be careful on the type of people you bring into your program um, and what you're doing there to make sure you're establishing your culture like you want it. And I think that's a, I think you probably heard a lot of coaches talk about that. There's, um, there's a lot of situations that go into it more than, just he's an excellent player. Um, I think you have to be very concerned about those types of things at different times because there's a um, on that side of it with your program. But uh, I've kind of talked a lot, of, a lot of different things on that, and I think probably all coaches are because everybody's kind of new to it. Um, but I think you've got to be really, um, r- really guarded in the different things that you do within it. Coach, on a personal note, congrats on becoming a grandfather for the first time. What's that been experience? Uh, what's that experience it, been like? It. It is awesome. It is great. Um, a, a little Ford, um, Michael Freustad, uh, we're excited about having him. My, uh, they're my daughter and her husband, they live in uh, Colorado. Um, so uh, I was able to go out there for the birth of the baby, which was awesome. And now I'm back. My wife's still out there. I probably won't ever see her again. She's just going to hang out with that grandbaby probably. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, um, a, uh, a special, special time. No doubt about it. Well, that's fantastic. Congrats again to you and your family. Uh, Eric mentioned Tyrese Chambers, and I want to ask you about him. Um, Obviously, he is a name that folks around the conference and outside of the conference as well will know of and will recall fairly quickly when they think of FIU football. Uh, What's been your approach to building a relationship with Tyrese Chambers since you got to campus? Well, my, my whole thought process is when I got the job, I looked at our roster. I had a Zoom meeting with all the players. I called a lot of them. And then I set up meetings. Um, I went to Tampa. I went to Orlando. I had meetings. I went to uh, um, uh, a couple other places um, within state and just got um, ballrooms and hotels and just had families come over and and meet with me um, that are on our team and and the players. And then he was in Baltimore, so I got got on a plane and flew to Baltimore and spent a day with him and his mom and uh, met all his family and spent the whole day there um, just so they would get to know who we are, who I am, what our program's going to be about. And uh, I was very excited that he decided to come back and stay with us. Uh, He has been um, more than I expected, to be honest with you. Um, He has been an unbelievable team guy. He has great charisma. He will do, he's one of the very hardest workers, probably one of the, top five hardest workers on our football team by far. Um, his work ethic, his attitude, 
uh, is phenomenal. So I'm really excited that Tyrese um, decided to stay and very um, um, happy about that situation. I imagine a lot of Panther fans are as well. Uh, Coach, I want to ask you, when you made the decision to um, you know, throw your hat in the ring for the FIU job and eventually take it, I want to ask, what was it about FIU that made you think this is the right next step for me? Well, I had known about, you know, being born here and knew the area and, um, well, vacation down here, recruited down here, understanding how important football was um, in this area, knowing how many players there are. I, I definitely thought that, to me, the, the, the recruiting area um, for us here at FIU, to me, is, is awesome. And I believe that once you get everything going in the right direction, that you can keep being successful. Um, and so that's what intrigued me the most um, was how the love of football um, for these young men in this area, the love of football by the people um, and ex- excited about doing that. And, and then um, when I talked to Scott Carr um, an interview with him a couple different times, I really liked the person of Scott Carr and I looked at his resume and he's done a little bit of everything at a, at all these different schools and a lot of them in Florida. And so he's a well-rounded AD. He's not just an AD that came out of marketing or came out of a assistant. He he had done everything. Um, And then he had connections with the Orange Bowl committee and being down here working there when he was young. So there's a lot of connections. I I said, he he'll have the right attitude. He'll be gung ho about it. And uh, I'd really like to help him be successful um, here at FIU. um, So those were kind of the things that made me realize that this could get done here. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned, you know, Miami and South Florida being the talent pool that it is when it comes to, you know, our sport. Um, what are some of the the changes that you've noticed over the last, you know, 40 years or so in terms of how that talent pool has, has changed and grown into what it is today? Well, f- football has always been important in the state of Florida, correct? Um, and, and it's always been important in, in South Florida. Um, and uh, for example, I'll give you what I mean by that. Um, doesn't happen everywhere. Um, so when I got the job, I went to a high school game in January on a Tuesday night. Um, I was at the school and getting into the school was kind of, they had it blocked for crowd. And I had to go, I made a missed a turn. So I had to go down and turn around in the parking lot for the football stadium. And I look out there and I go, what in the world's going on? It's Tuesday night. It's like 7.30 at night. And there must have been 100 little kids out there. So I was turning around and I rolled down the window. I asked a mom. I said, hey, what's going on out there? Oh, we're having a football camps um, out here in January. I said, what age are those kids? Four to seven years old. I said, huh, this is football area. <laughs> so that's just an example of how important it is to um, play football here. Um, in this area. And uh, so I'm, that's just an example of how, what I mean. It's a passion. Um, it's, it's in their blood, so to speak. Coach, I want to take you back to 2016. And when you yeah. were at Colorado that year, um, yeah. great season for, for you when you were with the Buffaloes, uh, won multiple Coach of the Year awards. Uh, what lessons from that season uh, do you think you're taking into this, this job with FIU? Well, I learned a lot of lessons that all of my stops along the way. But San Jose and Colorado, of course, as a head coaching, um, learned a, a, a lot. And I think that, that what I learned, you know, that the 2016 season was a a group of young men that brought a program that was horrendous when we got there 
to, you know, number nine in the country and, and did some things that nobody thought we could do. Um, and it was their work ethic, their commitment to each other, and um, uh, their willingness to not give in. And uh, I thought the build, how we built that was we built it from the ground up. And uh, those young men matured, they grew, um, and they stepped, kept staying competitive. And I think that that, that overall culture of attitude um, was what made the difference. And so, um, you know, like people like Philip Lindsay and Stefo Lufau and Cheeto Bayouzi and all those guys um, just stuck it out and kept fighting and um, made the place special. And it was a very special time for them, too. Coach, when you look at the non-conference schedule for your team this year, uh, obviously you got Bryant opening up the season, and then you have a a game against Texas State that uh, some folks would view as a, kind of a revenge game for you guys after what Texas State did in, uh, at FIU uh, fairly recently. And then you also have games against uh, New Mexico State and the University of Connecticut, two teams who are you know trying to rebuild their image. Um, so curious your take on your non-con schedule as, uh, as you prepare to jump back into COSA play. Right. Uh, you know, um, Bryant University is an excellent um, 1AA program. They're getting better and better. You know, the head coach there really knows this area well. He's the head coach at um, Columbus, and uh, he is – they are really well coached. Um, it's going to be a, a, you know, a tough, tough game. And then we um, go out to Texas State, and every time you play in San Marcos, uh, um, their, their team has been getting better and better. Um, they're, they're an older team. Um, the coach has been there a while, um, and uh, I know last year's game was a heartbreaker for FIU. Um, New Mexico State has Coach Kill, and, and UConn has Coach Mora. Um, I know Coach Mora real well. We're going to get you there quite a few times in the Pac-12. Uh, excellent coach football teams. Um, all of those games are going to be really, really hard um, for us, and uh, they're you know really well coached football teams that uh, the coaches there have great experience. So. Um, I'm looking forward to those games, just like our guys are. You know, we're, we're um, you know, playing a couple of those games on the road um, early in the season, so that'll be good to see how we handle travel and, and do all those type of things. Last question for you, Coach, and we'll get you out of here. Again, thank you so much for making time for us. Well, I appreciate um, it. You, yeah, no problem. Uh, when you look at how much uh, CUSA is changing after 2022 with, uh, obviously, the three teams leave for the Sun Belt uh, this summer, and the six teams leaving for the AAC after this season, and then the four new teams coming in. Uh, what steps are you taking now to prepare your program for you know a new look conference after 2022, if any? Those are great questions. Uh, I think um, we're preparing just to – I'm preparing for uh, June 5th when all our guys come back right now, to be honest with you, on June 6th when we start, and then preparing for our first game and taking it game by game. But as you look at the conference, I mean, they're bringing some really good football teams into the, the league. You know, Liberty is um, really a, an excellent football team. Um, you know, they have um, the, the, I would say, probably the best facilities in all of group of five, if you've ever seen them. Um, they're really nice. Uh, you know, Jacksonville State is a football powerhouse. They're building a – they're putting $70 million into their football stadium. Um, so they're wanting the, – to be really good. Sam Houston State won the 1AA championship uh, a couple of years ago, and New Mexico State, um, you know, spending money to get Coach Kill there and what they're trying to do, um, you know, and they're will help them be better and better. So I think our our league is going to be really good, along with Western and Middle and everybody else in our league. 
Um, I think it would be an exciting league. But right now I'm just – I'm worried about this team getting better um, this summer day by day and then getting to fall camp. That's fair. One foot in front of the other, right? Exactly right. Um, <laughs> it sure is. But it is, it's, I think also – I think your question – there's, I think there's going to be a not in our conference. I'm not. I don't know about conferences, but I do know that you know the transformational. Y'all, y'all heard about that? The transformational committee. I think they're going to make huge announcements in August. I think they're coming out with different things. That there's going to be a lot more change in college football. I don't know what it is, but it's not going to look the same as it looks right now. Very true statement. Very true statement. So. Um, Right on. We just got to be adapt. We got to be adaptable, right? In today's world, you got to be adaptable, and you got to be able to change and move. And change is part of life. And that's one thing we all know. Everything's going to change. And uh, I would like to say something, um, though. You know, it was really neat how um, you know Eric was talking on it, and y'all asked about football in the area. You know, this spring, um, you know, we had 351 recruit football players come through our spring practices. We had 225 at our spring game. So we had over five, we had 500 and 500, almost 600 people, athletes come by our practices, come to our spring game um, in the spring. And I, I think that's excellent. And that's what I meant. Those are, they're just, they love football. And uh, it was exciting seeing all those different types of players and, and guys at our spring practices and at our spring game. Joe, before you and, close up. And they were basically all from, you know, local mm-hmm. so that was exciting joe before you Absolutely. close like, as I said, that's that's something that i can i can speak to and attest to is i haven't seen that firsthand um first off with fiu opening up spring practices you, you saw recruits there especially on those days that they're open on saturday you saw a lot of uh local high school kids from around the area and then also i noted this at, at the spring showcase i mean you know you take this for what it's worth but uh the amount of people whether it was local high school kids or just alumni people who decide to return to FIU. There were more people at the FIU spring showcase this past, what was it? April. Um, than there were in 2018 when FIU had a chance to win the East division. So you can take that for what it's worth. As I know you're getting ready to close up the podcast, but I forgot to just add that note to piggyback off what coach McIntyre said there. Yeah. Exciting times uh, surrounding this Panther football program and coach, we look forward to seeing what you do in, uh, in 2022 and beyond here. All right. I appreciate it. You're going to have to call me after the show's over and tell me a couple of stories on Eric. So I can <laughs> in my back pocket on him. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. We'll do coach. Right. Thank you so okay. much. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Appreciate yes, it. Guys. Sir. All right. Once again, can't thank uh, coach McIntyre enough for his time. And, you know, Eric, it, it's interesting. You know, we were talking about, um, just the fact that you get to talk to Coach McIntyre uh, pretty frequently, being you know geographically where you are, and it seems like you know he's he's got a lot of uh, a lot of energy to take into the summer here. Yeah, obviously covering FIU, I get a chance to interact with Coach Mac a, a fair amount, right? And uh, that, that's just kind of indicative of of who he is. I mean, listen, if you know anything about his background, son of a coach, his his father coached University of Miami, his sons all played football. He's got few of his sons on on coaching staff at FIU um so it's really a football family and there's no nothing that that gets you know Mike McIntyre excited more than talking a little football I know I referenced to you off air but if you remember his opening presser right you know I'm going to try to paint the scene for any of our listeners who don't know the story but if you go into the FIU student union there um the Graham Center is what they they call it, it it's it's kind of like a wide open space as most student unions are, but there's, and Joe, I don't know how, how it was in Louisville. You know, I remember at UCF when you got a massive 
you know, student population over 50, 60,000, there are just people going in and out all the time. Like it is never quiet. Um, and that was the case when, you know, they held his introductory presser in the middle of the student union. So all the students could get familiar with Mac and he didn't need a microphone. You know, he just said, shout out the top of his, his top of his voice. Hey there, everybody who's ready for some football, you know, and that's a, that's a way to get Mac uh, fired up. So of course that always translates over into our time interviews with him and, Definitely glad it translated over into this uh, interview here at the podcast. <laughs> there were definitely a lot of people coming in and out of the Louisville Student Union. And then you had me off to the left waiting for Wendy's to open at like 10 a.m. Like, um, I need nuggets. So <laughs> that's hey, hey, hang, on, hang on. But before, before we transition really quick, yeah. um, or I guess close the episode, I should say, uh, Wendy's breakfast. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. I personally say, yay. I mean, granted, this was, you know, 10 years ago, but now that they have breakfast, I'm I'm kind of a fan, you know. Um, not too many places that do a chicken as a breakfast thing other than like Chick-fil-A, obviously. And the, the honey butter biscuits, those are good, man. It's not a, it's a, you know, it's more of a brunch thing. Cause I eat one then I want to take a nap, but I'm, I'm into it. Uh, but no, I mean, that's, that's a window into me being not understanding that in order to maintain a good body frame, you have to actually continue to exercise in addition to eating everything in sight, which <laughs> freshman 15 turned into freshman 55. So <laughs> had to get that under control. No, of course. I mean, those are the college dates, right? What are, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you so much to coach McIntyre for making time. And, uh, you can follow us on Twitter if you are looking for more of our thoughts on college football and beyond uh, at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore at Eric C. Henry underscore. And then, of course, at Underdog Dynasty uh, for more G5 football content. Uh, you can yell at us, do whatever you want. Great thing about the Internet. And uh, if you haven't already, please re- leave a review on Apple or Spotify or the platform of your choice. That's really going to help the show grow. And uh, stay tuned for more G5 football content as we move throughout the spring, summer and into the 2022 season happy football watching everybody we will talk to you very soon